You're listening to the On The Rise podcast, the podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs as we make our way to the top. Here is your host, known as the property shark, Mr. John Lee. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's John Lee here, also known as The Property Shark. And welcome back to another episode of the On The Rise podcast. Joining us today, we have real estate pro, we have social media expert, brand strategist, Mike Sherrard. Thank you for joining us, brother. Yeah, man. Thanks so much. Really excited. We've been talking about this for a bit now, so it's uh, time to drop some value. Absolutely, Mike. Absolutely. And to give our listeners a little bit more information about yourself and kind of your background, just so they have an idea of, you know, how your journey started. Yeah, definitely. So the the quick and dirty of it is I ended up taking two degrees in three years back in university. I became an engineer and realized that it just wasn't the path for me. So I got started in real estate at the age of 24 uh, in the worst market in North America, had no experience, didn't know anybody, and started hitting the doors. And I did really well with door knocking. I got two listings my very first day, door knocking in the snow, in the dark, in minus 10. Uh, But realized that even though door knocking works, there has to be a better way. So I started dabbling with social media and after being consistent with it, uh, 10 months later, I was ranked top 30 realtor in the world on social media. And that really allowed me to start to scale my business because I realized what works. I failed at a lot of things. I realized what didn't work, wasted a lot of money, but I became very proficient at Instagram, Facebook ads, and then eventually leveraging YouTube. So now I'm at the point where Alongside, I've recently made the transition to eXp Realty, where I've got one of the fastest growing organizations at the Wolfpack, but I also run a social media marketing agency where we specialize in personal branding, content marketing, and social media marketing for six to nine figure entrepreneurs, all the way up to people like Aaron Rodriguez, Jared Adams, you know, we've worked with uh, Rob Gronkowski, some people like that. So we've got a really cool network of people and really helping agents scale their business the modern way. That's super awesome. And I, I kind of wanted to, to go back a little bit. Um, when you graduated with engineering, you know, what made you feel that it, it just wasn't for you? And why did you decide to pursue real estate again in the worst market with really no connections? You just kind of dove into it. Yeah. So you know, I was doing quite well at engineering. I try not to toot my own horn, but I was recognized as one of the top employees of 60,000 in my first year. And when you get identified as an up and comer in the company, they introduce you to the management group and say, you know, Mike, where would you like to go in the company? We want to help fast track you to get there quicker. Uh, And I said, I wanted to get into oil and gas sales because I liked working with people. I liked opportunity and I wanted to flex my creativity and learn how I can get compensated based on my effort, not just a traditional salary. And they said, no problem, Mike. All that is going to take the quickest time frame we can get you there is seven years technical experience. And I put in my two weeks notice uh, the next day because I saw what that meant is 
I got to the point of being recognized in the company by working as a young engineering manager, helping lead a team of 750 people on a billion dollar job. Now, that was fun for me. I loved the leadership. I loved working with people, connecting, and having that style of role. But I didn't want to go sit behind a computer and drag and drop pumps and systems for seven years in order mm -hmm. to get to the point where by traditional corporate standard, where you had to go through their traditional process, I didn't want to do that because I knew that if they told me it could be done in two years, I would have done it in a year and a half. And I know that if they said seven years, I probably could have done it in two and a half. And I didn't like that there was this rigid criteria to achieve certain things in a company. So that's when I realized that the corporate world just wasn't going to align with how I wanted to do business. That's absolutely amazing. And just to transition over, um, you know, you said you started off with door knocking when you jumped into real estate. I guess that was just the, the perfect opportunity at the right time. Yeah. So with door knocking, I just realized that I was going to cold call, which I did. I hated it. I will never cold call another day in my life. I realized that I've got energy and I have the ability to connect with people and most oftentimes make a pretty good first impression. So I knew that because I knew nobody, if I have the opportunity to get and control how many people I get in front of on a daily basis, then that's going to give me an opportunity to put in the grind work, build my audience, build my network, and then start to get in front of these people to hopefully you know, convince them to let me sell the property. So I was able to do that and kind of honed in my skills of what kind of script I wanted to use. A lot of the scripts that are used in the States, I don't like, they're too pushy, they don't resonate with me. So I took what some of the agents that say they use in the States and made it a bit more Canadian, if you will. And <laughs> uh, that ended up working out really well. So I door knocked for three hours a day, every day for six months. Again, did really well, but haven't I haven't prospected a single day since. So um, it does work. Everything works if you're consistent at it. But you have to look. You know, would you rather cold call a hundred calls a day or two hundred calls a day, or would you rather spend ten dollars a day on a Facebook ad? Would you rather door knock every single day for six months, or would you rather put out a locally ranked and optimized YouTube video that is going to attract the same amount of clients, but it's time versus money, and the wealthy trade money for time. So that's when I started realizing that a lot of agents are preaching, door knocking, cold calling, anything works. I'm not saying anything wrong with it. What I'm saying is that there's a better way because there's a difference. And I know a lot of agents that are money free. I don't know a lot of agents that are money and time free. And mm -hmm. the ones that are money and time free are the ones that have leveraged their time through investing. And that's what's going to scale their business. And would you say the key to your growth in, in real estate and, you know, moving up the ranks, that analogy, if you will, uh, was that more so through social media and being able to grow on that and leverage the platforms? Big time. For me, I recognize that, again, I still didn't see many people that were leveraging social media properly in real estate. So what I started doing is looking outward, looking at what the Tom Bill use, the Jay Shetty's, the Gary V's the Andy Frizzellas, Ed Milets, what are they doing on social media that works? And then let's bring that into the real estate industry. So I started looking outward because everybody in real estate was traditionally doing the same thing, but that allowed me to put a unique spin on it, focus a bit more on personal branding, and then eventually build up uh, my business to the point where I was able to start creating some unique content, become recognized, and then start to help others achieve similar results. 
That's really cool. That's really cool, Mike. And I know specifically for you, you know, you mentioned that you, you were fairly new to Instagram when you kind of first got into the social media game. And, and I feel like you leveraged that platform quite well. Um, and you've been able to, to kind of grow on it exponentially um, through your trial and error of testing and trying different things. I mean, for, for Instagram, kind of what's the, what's the, the approach that people should take when it comes to it? Is it posting consistently um, via post, via Instagram story? Is it spending money running ads to, to kind of boost your post or, or running sponsored ads to kind of get the word out there? Kind of how did you approach Instagram to be able to, to, to scale so fast? Yeah. So I've never really used Instagram ads for growth of my channel. I've used Instagram ads for marketing of services and things like that, but I've never used it to attract attention on my profile. So for me, it came down to a couple of different things. You already nailed one on the head, which is consistency. A lot of people lack that. Even if you can only post twice a week, every week, make sure that you can do it every week for a year. I see a lot of people that say, you know, they get motivated after they listen to a podcast like this. They're super fired up. They're going to start posting on Instagram every day. And I say, wait a minute, you've gone from not posting for two weeks to every day. You're going to burn out. You're going to run out of content. And that happens every single time. So start with something that you can commit to for at least six months. So twice a week, three times a week. And then from there, start focusing on quality versus quantity. And what I mean by that is not just quality of the image. I see a lot of people, and I even made this mistake last year, where I thought that quality meant having these influencer-style photos that are professionally taken, they're almost staged, and yes, while good quality imagery helps, all you need is an iPhone. But what matters more is the quality of the substance. So these are things like how much value are, are you providing in your video or your caption to somebody else, to your target audience? And that's where a lot of people fall flat. Now, in terms of the, the kind of next steps in terms of growth is I also leveraged other platforms to cross promote and drive traffic to my Instagram and then strategic partnerships. So getting featured on the right podcasts that have a much larger audience than you getting featured on Gerard Adams, Instagram live, you know, two days ago, and then having 80 people follow you in an hour doing things like that really helps. So collaboration is key. And that's a really important thing. And then the final thing is doing the quality test. And not a lot of agents do this. Not a lot of entrepreneurs do this, which is before you're about to make a post, take a step back, look at the image or video, look at your description and say, if I wasn't Mike Sherrard and this photo or video landed in front of me, would I actually like it? Would I comment on it? And I would, would I go so far as to then check out their profile and follow them? And what you're going to realize is 99% of the time, you might like your own photo, but you would never comment on it and you would never go follow yourself. So why would other people do the same? So you have to look at consumer behavior and post enough value that you would be intrigued enough to do the actions you're expecting others to do on your own content. I totally agree with you on that. And I think you've, you've nailed it in terms of the consistency part, but, but also the quality test is a great way for you to kind of take a step back and kind of look at your posts and examine it more closely to see if, if it's something that your potential audience would like to do. Um, and, and I feel like you're really creative when it comes to putting together your posts. I mean, 
a lot of realtors, they post about, you know, just listed, just sold market updates, but these are really information that I would say 98% of the general public, if they have no intent or interest of buying or selling real estate within the next six months, they're, they're going to tune out. So how did you flip it in the sense that, you know, you're, you're an agent, but you didn't really push a lot of real estate content, but you put more content about yourself. Is that how you kind of approached it? Yeah. So I like to use the 80, 20 rule, 20% definitely post, you know, the just listed or the just sold so that you actually have some credibility and people can see that you are an active agent. You are selling properties, you're getting the job done, but the other 80%, could be real estate related, but what I mean by the 80 is 80% 80 of your photos should have you in it. So if it's you at an open house, instead of just having a property photo with a banner saying open house, you know, take a selfie outside with your signs and say, hey, I'm at this open house, here's the address, come check it out, swing on by if you want a free coffee or something like that. So I made sure and I understood, again, looking at other industries, that personal branding was massive. And if you have a personal brand, more people are going to want to work with you. Similarly, you look at somebody like Brian Serhant. If you think um, you know, New York real estate, you think Brian Serhant. If you look at LA real estate, you think Josh Altman. Mm. Nobody knows which brokerage they're at. Nobody cares you know, how many properties they're selling right now. They know the brand. So I realized that if I could build up a personal brand that people like, know, and trust, then ultimately people are going to want to work with me. So I focus more on building up my brand authority and credibility to the point where people saw what I was doing, liked the quality, saw that I was doing differentiating myself from a marketing perspective. And ultimately that started driving traffic to myself because I was documenting the experience. I wasn't just talking about it. I was showing it. I, I love it. I love it, Mike. You're you're such a genius when it comes to kind of putting the pieces together because I know most agents would be too busy with their day-to-day -day grind and the hustle of, you know, prospecting, following up and, and all that, that, you know, they dabble with real estate, but they don't focus on it. They don't go in depth and that's what you've been able to do. Um, also, when it comes to Facebook, uh, you know, you mentioned Facebook ads and driving targeted traffic. Uh, do you think that, you know, is, it, is there still space to, to leverage Facebook ads to, to grow? And, and, and is that still the best platform to, to, to run ads? And how would you approach it? right now. Yeah, definitely. So one thing I want to say is, you know, you kind of alluded to agents being too busy. And I think this is where a lot of people are going wrong. And agents are saying they're being too busy, but they're not being productive. So they're being, I can fill every day, 24 hours a day. I've got enough work on my to-do list for the next two weeks, but how am I going to be productive? And here's the problem is a lot of agents treat social media as a toy. You have to treat it as a tool. What you're going to realize is that social media is an online marketing is the way of the future. So if you say you're being busy by um, prospecting and cold calling, that's great, but you have to treat social media as prospecting. You have to treat it as a tool that's going to grow your business because if you want to generate leads at scale, you have to understand social media marketing. If you want to build a personal brand, the only alternative is to go buy 50 plus benches for two bucks a month a piece, run yourself into the ground financially and hope to God that you become a recognized personal brand. The way of the future is social media, whether it be the platforms we have active right now, whether it be new platforms that come into the picture in the future. But ultimately, this isn't going anywhere and people 
are destroying their own business by not investing in the ground floor. They've already missed the boat of when these were new. So you need to become proficient with these platforms so that it can accelerate your business. And those are that are turning a blind eye on it might not feel it today, but in a year, two years from now, they're going to realize that they really missed the boat. Now, Facebook ads are still incredible. I ran an ad campaign for a client of mine down in Texas last week, generated 90 leads for $56. And he got name, email, phone number, closed multiple appointments. He's got multiple listings. That was from one week of ads, $15 a day. So this stuff still works. The thing is, is not a lot of people are properly understanding how to do it. And now a lot of people are scared because you have the special ad category for housing. And this is scaring a lot of people off, but I love it because then the ones that had no business running Facebook ads because they didn't learn how to do it properly are now out of the picture. And the ones that truly know how to do this are capitalizing on it. So Facebook ads still the best place to generate cheap ads, I think, in my opinion, especially if you do it proper, you can get high quality ads. And then Instagram is more of a brand personal, uh, personal brand platform that is more attraction marketing versus lead generation on Facebook, which is push marketing. Okay. So one's more like organic and then one's more like, it's not salesy, but, 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 but paid advertising and organic. Exactly. The contrast of the two. And that's amazing. $15 a day for a week and 90 leads. That's, are these seller or buyer leads? That's phenomenal. Yeah, these were, these were buyer leads for the agent that wanted to work with buyers. We've gotten similar results with seller leads. Um, so we've got some really creative strategies that we use. And I help a lot of agents with this. It's just you have to have the right strategy, the right follow-up, um, the right content, and be able to phrase it properly because the algorithm's always changing. So if you don't have your finger on the pulse of what's new, what's relevant, what's working, you're going to be outdated. So it's important to know what works and then just implement that. And again, it works in every single market. Um, average cost per lead is going to fluctuate depending on the competition of the market, of course, but we see very consistent results. This guy's average lead cost is 63 cents a lead. Wow. I see a lot of people on YouTube boasting about how they get $3 a lead. So <laughs> You know, there's some cool stuff that we're doing that not a lot of others are. That's really cool, Mike. And and on that note too, I kind of want to transition to YouTube because YouTube has always kind of been the biggest platform, I would say, well, next to Google. And it, it has been incredibly hard for people to get into that space. I mean... I've tried to, to post some educational videos about real estate and you know, you, you get five views on a video and, and that's considered a good day, but you've been able to really flip it and, and kind of get ahead of a lot of your competitors on YouTube and in such a saturated competitive market. And you've been growing insanely this year, especially, um, why YouTube and how do you do it? Yeah, so the reason why I wanted to focus on YouTube was for a couple of different reasons. Number one is obviously the global reach and the opportunity to scale as well as understanding that if you know how to work the algorithm and optimize your content, it's a very great way to rank locally since it's a search algorithm owned by Google. You have a great opportunity to rank locally for buying and selling properties, different things like that. So I think that's a really cool opportunity, but 
where the growth happened was understanding how to provide a different level of value. And I think that's really important. Now, one thing that I need to step back and say too is from a reason of why I got into it, if you look at Instagram and Facebook, they count one view on your video as one second watched. So if somebody's browsing through their feed, they stop for a fraction of a second and then continue scrolling. They don't care about your video. That counts as one view. So you can see people that say, Mike, I got 773 views on my video. That's so awesome. But 97% didn't care. Whereas YouTube counts one view as 30 seconds watched. So you're building 30 times the first impression for every view on that video. So the opportunity to build a relationship with your target audience is incredible on YouTube, far superior than other platforms because it's video content so people can see your true personality in the flesh and it's longer form content compared to other platforms. So again, people are building up a deeper level of trust with you and ultimately loyalty. Now on the growth side, again, it was ultimately providing a new level of service. I saw that there was agents out there growing quickly on YouTube back in 2017. Now I've come to realize the only reason why they were growing quickly is because they were the first to do it. They weren't actually providing a new level of value. They were just the first. Now, because a lot of agents are starting to get on YouTube, you have to understand how to optimize. You have to actually provide value to people in a unique way. And this, you know, I'm humbled to get this, um, feedback from my content where I have a lot of people saying, Mike, I follow other agents that have 40 to 150,000 subscribers, but you provide more value and I like your style better. Mm -hmm. And that's because I'm focusing on looking at what others are doing, analyze what the competition's doing, look and see where the voids are, how I can provide more value and over deliver every single video so that when people come across my channel and see one video, they want to stay. I see a lot of people that are on YouTube and they have maybe a banger of a video one week and the next three weeks of their videos are mediocre and then they put out another cool video. But if people check out one cool video and they realize that the rest are kind of not so there, they're not gonna subscribe and tune in to see more. So I try and make sure that every time I put out some sort of piece of content that it's fully optimized so my time is leveraged properly, I'm gonna have a video that has an opportunity to grow, but I'm also focusing on providing value that others aren't competing with. That's that's really cool. And that's just by your way of kind of diving in, doing more work, putting in the due diligence and figuring out where in what space can you, can you come in and really give your spiel and, and help out that much more than your competitors, essentially. Exactly. Because here's what a lot of people need to realize is that Instagram, Facebook, YouTube are saturated but they're not saturated with quality. They're saturated with quantity. So a lot of people look at YouTube, say, okay, 2 billion active monthly users. How am I gonna start in 2020 and grow a channel? Well, 99% of those users either aren't in your niche or they're in your niche and don't know how to optimize content or they're in your niche, don't know how to optimize content and provide very mediocre content. So you always have an opportunity to over deliver and grow based on the fact that you can provide more value and insight that others can't. That's amazing, Mike. And on that note of, you know, YouTube and, and search engine, did you dabble with like Google at all, like SEO, PPC, or you're more focused on? More focused on the social media platforms. I do understand Google and PPC and SEO and all that good stuff. It's very important. But what I realized is, 
people that try and learn everything and anything end up doing everything mediocre. Whereas mm -hmm. some that channel their focus end up becoming excellent at certain things. And then they know enough to be dangerous on other things, but they outsource it. So I outsource anything. Now that I have a, a full team of 37 people, I don't need to do that stuff, but I need to know enough to say, Hey, here's the finished product that you did for our, our group or our client. I don't like that you did this. Why didn't you think of that? So I like to be able to, I guess, call BS on certain things, on editing, on animations, on graphic design, on everything. So I know enough to be proficient at it, but I don't want to do it myself because my time is better invested elsewhere. This is a big problem I see with agents, especially in the YouTube space, as they say, okay, I watched a YouTube video and they said I can design a thumbnail on Canva. Well, yes, I can design a thumbnail on Canva, but let's say it takes 30 minutes to design a thumbnail on Canva and my team can do it for you for $10. Now, basically what you're telling the world is that your hourly rate, you are worth $20 an hour. Mm. But you're trying to tell me that you're supposed to make $100,000, $250,000 a year, but you're doing $20 an hour work says McDonald's. But there's a disconnect there. I know how to do graphic design. I know how to edit my own videos. I know how to do all of that. I don't do it because it's cheaper for me to say somebody else can do it and me focus my time on growing my team, growing my organization, growing my business, talking to new clients. And that's where a lot of agents fall short is they want to make six figures and they're doing five figure an hour tasks. Wow. That's incredible, Mike. And to, to kind of wrap up the, the note on, you know, branding, social media strategies, all this juicy golden nuggets that you've been dropping and tremendous value bombs. Uh, if you are a new agent or an experienced agent, but you're new to this online game of, you know, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, running ads, or, you know, putting content out there. Uh, if you could do it again, you know, in, in today, you know, May, 2020, uh, how would you approach it Definitely. just to give, so, give our listeners an idea of where to start and, and what you would focus on kind of thing? Of course. So I've learned a lot over the years. I've made a lot of mistakes, wasted a lot of money, done things wrong. But now that I'm at the point where I've got a pretty good footing on most platforms, um, there's a couple of things I would have done differently. So Facebook ads, I would have put more money into it. In terms of Instagram, I would have focused more on my personal brand in terms of the quality. Back when I got started, I was all about volume. Back in 2017, it was just a post a day. Didn't, I was always in it and I did my best of my abilities at that point, but I focused a bit too much on the quality of the image and not in terms of the value that I'm providing from the descriptions. So I would have done that. I would have, you know, Instagram stories has been one of my highest income generating um, aspects of any social media platform because it's that raw uncut footage that everybody wants to see. So I would have, again, kind of dialed in my Instagram stories and made them more tactical. I was being very active on it, but I didn't have intent behind what I was trying to achieve. I was just having a presence. So documenting your journey as a new agent on Instagram stories, sharing when you're doing a property tour, sharing when you're setting up for an open house. A lot of people say, Mike, I don't have time to do Instagram. The problem is, is you don't have time not to do it. You don't have time not to do Facebook ads, not to do YouTube, because in a year from now, you're going to realize you just missed an opportunity. And now you're spending more money for your traditional marketing and getting less results. So 
brand new agent, step number one, treat Facebook as your lead generation opportunity. Find one ad that works, custom list of properties, run it $10 a day, that takes care of Facebook. Step number two, Instagram. Become active on a daily basis on your stories, documenting anything and everything that you're doing. Driving to an appointment, just came from an appointment, listened to a podcast, what did you take from it, read a book, what was your lesson? Active on stories. Post consistently on your feed. Make sure you're focusing on quality versus quantity. And then I would have got started earlier on YouTube and learned from day one how to optimize my content. My first videos for the first year didn't get more than about 200 views. Now I'm at the point where I understand how to optimize my content so that it has an opportunity to grow. I see a lot of agents that are even top producers that are trying to dabble with YouTube and they're spending you know, thousands of dollars a month to have a local professional videographer record the videos. They put it on YouTube, don't know how to optimize it, they're getting 18 views. You're wasting a ton of money. If you're going to do something, do it right the first time. Learn how to optimize your content. Give it an opportunity to grow. But I would have put out more attraction style buyer and seller content as well as investor content from day one on YouTube and learn ahead of time how to optimize it. And on that note of optimizing videos on YouTube, uh, you said tags are important, the header, I guess the way the video is edited, they all come into play. Yeah, it's YouTube's and this is why most people struggle with it. It's more of a science compared to other platforms. You Instagram is very easy. Uh, it's got a creative a photo or a video or a carousel. It's got a description with copy. And then it's got a couple hashtags. YouTube has your tags, titles, descriptions, end screens, cards, thumbnails. It has so many other layers to it. But ultimately, from a foundation perspective, as a brand new agent, focus on your tags, titles, descriptions, and thumbnails. Make sure that your thumbnail pops, has color contrast, big bold text, stands out when people are looking through the feed. Make sure your title's captivating, flooded with keywords. And then ultimately, with the tags in the description, again, it's all about doing your keyword research and making sure that people are searching either Google or YouTube. There's an opportunity for your videos to show up. And also, I want to quickly touch on Facebook ads to you. You wish you would have spent more money kind of what would you recommend in terms of budget allocation uh, for Facebook ads? Cause I guess that's different depending on everyone's situation, but uh, what would you say? Like how much you like $15, $50, like what would you kind of be looking at to, to get the best return on investment? I think as a brand new agent, you want to start, with $10 a day minimum on Facebook ads for lead generation. And then after the first month, I recommend adding another $5 a day to retargeting. So making sure that people never forget you, they see you on a weekly basis, you become and remain top of mind. And that's only going to happen through retargeting. So I think $10 a day for the first month is going to be sufficient to become proficient with running them as well as getting your name out there, generating some leads, closing some deals, setting some appointments. And then after month one, add in retargeting. So you've got a total daily budget of $15 a day. And then again, as you start to close deals, reinvest more, start working your way up to the point where if you're at least spending $20 a day, you're in a pretty good position and you don't need to do a whole lot more than that until you've got financial flexibility to do so. I love it, Mike. I love it. Thank you for that rundown there. And you mentioned that a lot of agents are busy 
but they're not necessarily being productive. When it comes to you, I mean, you have so much on your plate. I mean, you're a real estate agent. You're constantly pumping out content like crazy across all social media platforms. You know, you have the, the Wolfpack EXP that's kicking off. I mean, you're doing, again, you're a branding expert. You have um, different masterminds that you're running. What does your daily schedule look like? And how do you, do you stay on top of all of this when, you know, most agents, they probably be caught up with, you know, lead generation and follow up and, you know, maybe two home tours a day and writing one offer. And they're like, oh my God, like, I can't do this. This is too much. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. And I work 18 to 20 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, that's been what I've been doing for the last, you know, four or five years. So I put in a lot of work, but I've also learned over the last year, especially, especially the last six months, uh, how to focus on systems and processes and automating certain things and automating my appointments and focusing on, for example, our EXP team. If there's a new agent that wants to join us, my business partner runs multiple live trainings every single week explaining what we do. If they're a high producer or a brokerage or a team, we then set up a Zoom meeting. So we've got that process dialed. For my agency, I make sure that my business partner has all of the systems and processes to allow a streamlined flow from a consumer's experience and allow that to roll out. From a content perspective, I batch my content. So I'll do 10 videos at a time and then the next two to three weeks of content is done in one day. So I'm always finding ways to put a system or an efficient process around what I'm doing where a lot of people go wrong, especially agents, is they're very fragmented. So they say, okay, I'm gonna do a video a week. Well, they're gonna do a video this week, and then next week they're gonna do a new video. You could have just done four videos in two hours and done your entire month's worth of content in one shot. But they don't, they fragment it. And they do this with every aspect of their business, constant fragmentation. And here's why a lot of people struggle to break go from 100,000 to 250,000. It's very easy to make 100,000 in real estate, even in a shit market like mine. But to go to the next level, you have to now treat it as a business. A lot of realtors are running piecemeal businesses where they have no processes, no systems, no budget, no strategy in place. They're just hanging on by a thread, riding the bull, hoping that it's all gonna work out. Whereas the ones that grow, scale, and win, take a step back and optimize everything in their business that they can and put a system and an SOP or, or a standard operating process behind it to the point where you can duplicate it, you can scale it and you can use it very efficiently. I love that. And you're now able to, to scale to a 37, you said you have 37 people kind of in your team. Uh, when it comes to scaling and hiring, uh, what are some key components that, you decided to kind of outsource first and how were you able to, to continue to scale and build your team as the system gets more complex? Yeah, definitely. So my business partner, she's great at managing teams. She's great at the back end work. I'm more front facing visionary content, um, interaction with clients and converting at that space. So in terms of bringing on the team, it was all about culture, vision, buying into what we were trying to achieve, making sure that they're aligned, understand that you know we're working in this together as a partnership and finding the right people that have personality alignments. A lot of people are great workers, 
but they don't have the right personality and that conflict isn't worth their work effort. So I think having culture is one of the most important things. And then the biggest thing for scaling is making sure that the process doesn't get more complicated, making sure that you've got streamlined processes that are very easily duplicatable that will never get more complicated because you've streamlined it. So if somebody wants a high converting funnel for the business or with a lead magnet so that they can optimize or monetize their content, they come to us, they fill out, they've got a checklist, they send us everything on the checklist that goes straight to our team. They create it, send it back done. So mm. we have everything in place. It doesn't matter how many clients we onboard, the process is the same so we can scale. Same with our content repurposing. If an agent just wants to send us their content and wants us to edit it, monetize it, as well as optimize it and manage it, same process for every single client. Doesn't matter how many clients we take on, it's automated so we can grow in a very efficient way. And speaking of automation and processes, you know, I feel like you've mastered extremely well how to do that. But, but from an agent's point of view, you know, what are maybe some processes or, or systems that, that realtors should have in place to get to that next level? Definitely. I think the first one is online lead follow-up. That's a huge one because I can generate you leads all day. Now, when we do it for our clients, we do have that built out. But if you're running this yourself, you need to make sure that you've got a very proven and practice system in place for converting those leads. Because if they don't turn into dollars, they're not doing anything for your business. So number one, you need an online lead follow-up. You need a past, current, and existing and potential client nurturing system. So that's number two. You need a marketing strategy that you can execute on for every platform that works but doesn't take up a lot of time because it's duplicatable. And then number four, you need to always be innovating and say, you know, where's your budget going? Are you spending too much over here? Can you invest more over here? And you need to have a process for vetting how you're allocating your funds in order to grow your business and make sure that you're um, investing back into it and not spending on expenses that are just nice to have. You're focusing on the wants and the must haves. That's so key. That's, that's a big firebomb uh, knowledge bomb that you dropped there. Uh, when it comes to follow-up again, I feel like a lot of the times people don't understand online lead generation because they assume that someone's, they're going to run a Facebook ad. Someone's going to sign up and that person is hot and ready and looking to buy right away. So when it comes to, to following up with online leads, kind of what could you kind of dive into a little bit more of what kind of the, the process would kind of look like and, and how you would structure it? Would you, you know, would you text them first? Would you call them? Would you email them? And kind of how frequently until you get a hold of them or you don't? And, and when is that time to kind of part ways with that lead or put them on a long-term drip or nurturing campaign? Yeah, definitely. That's a, a big question to unpack. So I can't, uh, I don't think we'll have time to go into every part of that, but I think from an online lead perspective, um, a couple of different things are really important. So contacting within the first five minutes, incredibly important. If you look at the statistics of an ISA or an inside sales agent, they'll tell you that people usually convert after the seventh touch point. So if you're only touching somebody once, Dirty, but if you only have one touch point with somebody, then ultimately the agent that comes up next 
as soon as they're ready to buy or sell for us, I like to go with the call first. I like to go with the tech second, and then I like to go with an email third and then drip out for the first week, touch every day. For the second week, you can start going to every few days or so every three days. And then after that, go once a week and then start to do it. Now, one thing that worked really well for me in terms of the text follow-up is not actually sending a traditional text, but sending a video text saying, and this is duplicatable again, you don't have to say the property address, you don't have to say the person's name, but you can flip your phone open, say, hey, I just saw that you checked out the property that I had online, I wanted to know if there's anything I can do to help you, if there's any more information I can provide, or if you'd like to check out the property in person with me, just let me know, thank you for checking out um, the property and I look forward to hearing from you. When they get a video message, it's much more powerful than a text or copy message. Mm. So adding different things that provide a different layer of connection, really work well. That's amazing, Mike. And to kind of wrap things up here, I got a couple questions for you, but I'm curious to see um, why you decided to kind of go transition from real estate a little bit to branding and social media and, and tell me a little bit more about why you decide to make that decision. Because I feel like a lot of realtors are more uh, I guess, narrow-minded in the sense that they, they try to just grow in real estate and focus on that instead of looking at, at other opportunities or, or growing elsewhere. They, they grow vertically instead of horizontally. So curious to see. Yeah, definitely. That's, you know, when I got into real estate, it wasn't because I wanted to be a realtor when I was 50. I wanted to learn marketing, branding, and sales. And that's wow. exactly what I did when I got in. I had a three-year vision and I just came up on my three years. So everything kind of came into place based on what I wanted to achieve. Um, so I want, I've always been passionate about getting creative on marketing, helping people become a recognized brand where business comes to you instead of you always having to go out and fight for business. And that's a true passion of mine. So your job or your career or whatever becomes easier when you're doing it from passion. So that's always been a vision of mine and I just ended up putting it together within this time frame. Now, the really exciting part has been now transitioning to eXp because now everything is coming full circle where I have a marketing agency that helps with branding, content, and social media. I now have a lot of people that want coaching and mentorship for free from me that can join our team. But the coolest thing is for all the agents on our team, we've built out a $2,500 funnel and giving it to every agent branded towards them. We've given them YouTube intros, YouTube outros, pop-up call to actions. We've given them a full marketing strategy. We've given them the exact YouTube videos with all the tags, titles, descriptions to optimize to every agent that wants to partner with our team. So now because I own an agency, I can cover the cost of these things, give it to our agents for free, help our agents close more deals and attract more buyer, sellers, investors. And now it's a win-win. So everything works together where I can provide more than any other team at eXp ever could imagine. But I'm also using my own team, building up their portfolio, and then I'm helping agents close more deals. So everything works together and we're creating a value proposition that's really strong and really difficult to compete with. And what was kind of the, the decision like when you decided to make the jump to eXp and uh, why? Definitely. So I had a lot of people reach out to me about eXp over the last year and a half. A lot of every top YouTuber that you know, um, 
and nobody was presenting the model in a way that I believed. I didn't like it, didn't agree with it, don't like how they're presenting it, sending somebody some presentation saying, watch this. It's basically disrespectful. It's saying, me sending you a presentation saying, hey, John, watch this. I don't care about your goals, don't care about what makes you unique, don't care about your vision. Watch this, let me know when you wanna come make me money and join my team. And also, they're relying on their influence for you. But what you realize, John, is you being associated with me will never attract you a buyer and it'll never attract you a seller or an investor. But these agents are thinking that because they've got influence, being associated is going to close them more deals and that doesn't happen. So when I talked to my business partner, Connor Steinberg, he built out a fully automated attraction system where he runs these live webinars that can answer their questions in real time. We never have sent a, pro, um, a presentation to a single agent, but I've got one of the fastest growing organizations of the company because we do it in real time. We hop on Zoom calls with people and show them the value in real time. But now, because it made sense from two other capacities, giving agents more than they could ever imagine from a social media branding marketing perspective for free, because we've built out all the training, we've built out all the tools, built out all the resources. Now I just duplicate it and give it to you. And now you can offer it to anybody that wants to partner with you. So you've just armed yourself with $20,000 worth of assets and training and resources that you don't have to spend the time creating. So that's a good value add. Now the other is looking at duplication and outsourcing of time. The cloud-based model is one of the most powerful models because again, if I have to schedule an appointment with my broker, go meet with them for an hour, come back. That's an hour and a half to a two hour ordeal. If I can mm -hmm. go into the cloud, get the answer right now and pop back out, that's a five minute ordeal. So looking at entrepreneurs that understand that time is the most precious commodity in the world. If you want to save time, you make more money and you get to enjoy the lifestyle that you want. The only way you can do that is by outsourcing cloud-based. Now, again, as you start to put out cool content, you're doing this right now. You'll have people reaching out to you. They want to partner with you at my previous brokerage. Nobody could partner with me because it was a traditional brokerage. Mm -hmm. Now people can partner with me and I can help them accelerate their business quicker than they ever could have imagined by giving them stuff that I've already proven. So everything came together. The only guy I found that I liked doing it the way that I believed is an entrepreneurial way of leveraging eXp was my business partner. So that's why I waited until I found somebody that I align with properly, who's actually doing it selflessly, not selfishly. Mm. And then that's when I realized that the opportunity was ready. That's amazing, Mike. Wow. And it, it still, it really states how important it is to have vision because you know you came into real estate learn wanting to learn about branding social media um and really hone in your skills on on those two aspects and you've had a three-year vision for yourself and everything's kind of coming together full circle but but again there's a lot of time effort sacrifice patience and just hard work dedication involved throughout this whole process and so I, I'm, I'm really excited for you. I, I've seen you grow. I mean, they got into real estate about two years ago. And man, I've just been seeing you growing just at incredible rates across all platforms and just you're constantly leveling up. And I'm like, man, like this Mike guy is, is doing amazing things. And so thank you again for your time uh, and being on our podcast today. Um, to wrap things up, I, I do want to, you know, roll out the red carpet for you and for you to kind of share with us, you know, what you have going on in your life right now. Um, 
what people can reach out to you for, how people can contact you. Um, and yeah, thanks again, brother. Yeah, definitely. No, man. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's been really exciting. I love sharing this stuff with other ambitious guys that want to scale and, you know, take their business the modern avenue. Um, so in terms of me, again, feel free to check out my YouTube channel. Uh, just look up my name. Um, otherwise, if you do want to know about the services we provide for personal branding content, it's high converting contents, the company name. And then if you want to see how we're exploding real estate agents, businesses and giving them everything I've created for free, again, um, feel free to reach out about the Wolfpack and you'll, I can guarantee you, you're going to be mind blown when you see what we're doing behind the scenes. All right. Thanks again, Mike. And I'll be sure to, to link everything down below too in the description so people can, can easily access those information. Um, last but not least, last question for you. Uh, if you could do it all over again, would there be anything that, that you would change or are you extremely happy with how everything has come together so far? Yeah, man. To wrap it up, I guess the biggest thing I would have done is trying everything, which I did but then understanding the concept that the man who chases two rabbits catches none. And if you want to always chase the shiny penny, if you want to always look at what the next CRM is, what the next lead generation software is, there's always going to be something that's bigger, better, quicker, faster, cheaper. But if you're constantly looking for what's bigger, better, faster, cheaper, and not just looking at how to become excellent at what you already have, you're going to constantly be deviating your attention and your focus on what the new shiny penny is. Pick something, try it all once, try door knocking, cold calling, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, TikTok, figure out what you like, go all in on that. And then once those have become a systemized process, start adding things into your business, but stay focused, stay consistent, and it'll all come together in the end. All right, brother. Thank you, Mike. And we'll talk soon. Thank you for listening to the On The Rise podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. The music composition and vocals is done by Graham Best. Your host, of course, is the property shark, Mr. John Lee. Have a wonderful day, and we will, of course, see you next time on our way to the top. Cheers. Cheers.